Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of Back to the Point. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Migs. And I'm Ian. And we're going to change up the podcast format just slightly. We're going to be less talkative and not have an hour and a half podcast today. Hopefully. Um, Hopefully. We've noticed that we've been spending an undue amount of time talking about little details that we understand listeners can just gather by looking at highlights to some extent. I think we go over things that are not in the highlights a little bit, and we'll still go over that a little bit. Um, just things we notice in tactics, strategies, way players are play- playing, but we'll try and cut down on the play-by-play a little bit. Um, what, when do you think we're also going to stop calling these, like, seventh episode, eighth episode, ninth episode? <laughs> Probably and just whenever. be like, we'll just welcome forget to, to do this. It. <laughs> yeah. We'll forget to do it one day, and then I'll be like, well, we didn't do it last time. Yeah. Probably about the time we have an intro music. Which outside is going to be outside episode of this, 200. The special <laughs> song you wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll just have a, a like an audio clip of just something ridiculous. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. That's what Kevin Kurz does for his... I mean, his isn't ridiculous, obviously. He does those <laughs> audio clips from the, the playoffs at the intro to his Sharks Insider podcast. I really like that, actually, because it pumps me up. It's whoever <laughs> yeah. that guy was that was like, and the Sharks are going to the Stanley Cup final for the first time ever, or whatever he says. And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, we did it. <laughs> yes. Just get stoned. Oh, uh, good times. That was a good time. Hey, remember hold on when to we that went for a while? I think. <laughs> remember when we went to that game and saw Don score score live? Dude, that was amazing. That was one intense. of the one of the things that I just kept on saying was like, "We're alive! We're alive! We're still alive!" And we were. We got back Migs, into that series. Uh, Migs of. was really into it. <laughs> yeah, okay, you were too. Yeah, but I wasn't questioning my existence. <laughs> I didn't say that mortality. Yeah. Oh, you mean the sharks? I was like, I was like, okay. No, I was talking about me. <laughs> I was like, wow, it was pretty was good. Was that good? We collective, yes, sharks. We, we kept it up. Fandom and the sharks were. We were alive. Um. Anyway, so there's been six games, right, since we last recorded, and mm-hmm. what a time. For the Sharks to start losing and go on their longest losing streak of the season, huh? I think they just wanted to make it interesting for us. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, we got a nine-point lead about ten games out of the playoffs. How could we make this more interesting? <laughs> we just we just feel like we didn't have enough adversity yet this season. <laughs> yeah. So we want to fit that in there before the playoffs because, you know, you really learn from adversity and it yeah. shapes your team, so... We got to get that in there. Yeah. I I mean, I'll hit on that later, but I feel like if we correct this and get a couple games that are, are nice and good and back to normal before we start the playoffs, actually, I do think it will help us just get that one last, like, rut out of our system a bit. Like, yeah. uh, I think it could, could end up being good, but it just kind of comes at an unfortunate time. Um... When they started their losing streak, Chicago was at 93 or 92 points. 
in Minnesota was at um, 91 and the Sharks were at 89 or something like that or, or maybe 91. And it seemed attainable for the Sharks to go in and actually not only win the Pacific Division, but continue in challenge for first overall in the Western Conference, which would then guarantee um, home ice all the way through the playoffs until the Western Conference Finals, if they made it that far. Um, And since then, the Sharks have lost uh, four straight, and the Blackhawks have pulled ahead, I think, with four straight wins. And Minnesota has gone on a five-game losing streak, so maybe it's attainable to beat Minnesota. Well, which they broke last night against us. Yeah, which so. they broke against us. Yeah. Wonderful news, right? Yeah. So it would have been they would have been at ninety-two, and we would have been at ninety-three. So if we would have won that game, we would have been second in the Western Conference. Yeah. But uh, there's still about um, still nine games to nine play games, for us. Yeah. Decent amount. So that's you know a total of. 18, 20 plus points, depending if you go to, if you get overtimes in there, that can be split around. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of points that can go either way. Mm-hmm. So nothing's really set in stone yet, but it could have been cool. And uh, at this moment, uh, Edmonton and Anaheim are both at 87 points, sitting in tied for second. Although, oh, not actually tied for second. They have the same amount of points, but Edmonton is second because of uh, ROWs, and then which they're actually tied at, but then they have a better goal differential at plus 23 to Anaheim's plus 8. And then mm. right behind them, Calgary has been going on their own little tear, winning 8 of their last 10, and they're at 86 points. So even though they're in their first wildcard spot, they are still... Um, they're still they're still in it. With one win, they could jump up to second. Yeah. Except for Anaheim and Edmonton are playing as we record, and it is currently two two. In that still. game. That's what my thing is saying to me, but I haven't updated in a while. So hopefully that doesn't go to a three point game. Yeah. Somebody needs to handedly beat the other team. Yeah. Also, another fun fact, Migs, is uh, where does L.A. fit in all this? Ooh, far out of the playoff picture like we like them to be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not uh, sure if you... That, I would sure feel happier about that if we haven't just lost four games in a row. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think um, if we start winning some games again, I'll be like, yes, L.A.'s in the playoffs. Yeah, I would very much prefer for us to hold on to the Pacific Division lead, though. Yeah, that'll be very important, and I I don't doubt that we'll be able to do that unless this streak continues, which I very much doubt. Uh, we can get into that a little bit, but I think it's getting more and more clear as the games go on. Just looking at the standings, just for a little bit longer. Um, either we're gonna play one of Edmonton, Anaheim, or Calgary. It seems like Calgary is starting to pull away from Nashville. Calgary and Nashville, their next game is against each other. So if Calgary Calgary wins that, that's like a, a big difference right there. Right. So Calgary has the opportunity to kind of solidify their number one spot. And at that point, they'll have 
74 games played, so they'll be pretty... They have one more game played than um, Nashville. Mm-hmm. But it looks like we're going to be probably playing one of those two, three teams, because if we get first in the Pacific, we're probably not going to catch Chicago. And they're first overall in the West, and they'll play wild card number two, and then we'll play wild card number one if we get first in the Pacific. And then if we don't, we'll be somewhere in the 2-3 range, and then we'll play uh, seed Pacific 2, we'll play Pacific 3, so... So it looks is, like it's gonna be... is St. Louis is third in the Central then, right? They they passed Nashville. They did. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they passed Nashville, but they're at the same points. Um, they have four more ROWs though, so they oh, are. Okay. They have the tiebreaker. So so that's in, that's somewhat in flux that situation. <clears throat> yeah, but in still, terms they of would who Chicago would play. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I, was and thinking... I don't envy that matchup. I mean. I guess if I was Chicago, I'd prefer to play St. Louis, to be honest, than than Nashville. I think Nashville could be pretty scary. Um, St. Louis, they're not what they were last season. So yeah, I don't really know Chicago's strengths. Out, I know there's, I don't know their weaknesses. What pairs well against them? Uh, I know they've got decent goaltending and great offense. Uh, their depth is struggling a little bit. That might not be true, but I know that their their extremely heavy top forward core has always kind of made their bottom six in flux. Um, yeah, and, and they made had, it work somehow for yeah. All these they always years. they always have really high turnover as well. So yeah, I'm not too up to date on how that's going, but I kind of agree. St. Louis is kind of slipping through for some reason. They have our number. But for the most part, I don't really think that they're going to be the same thing. Like, selling Shattenkirk, I think, kind of solidified how they think this season is going to go. Yeah. Whether or not they had to do that, even if they didn't have to, he could have just stayed there for another, like, three months. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I don't think they're going far in the playoffs. Yeah. So, let's, can you, let's rewind. What? Can you knock on wood to make sure we don't jinx that? <laughs> I don't have wood nearby. Oh, actually, I do. Okay, you can do that, yeah. I don't um, want to do that. I don't do that, so <laughs> <laughs> you, you do that. Um, let's rewind a little bit back to that first Dallas game back in San Jose. So the Sharks won that game 5-1. Um, that was a, a fun game to watch. Um, Joe Pavelski had – was that the game that Joe Pavelski had two, two goals? Um, one of them shorthanded. Yeah, it was because we put Nashville. Uh, sorry, we put Dallas up to yet yeah, another shorthanded goal they've given up at like eleven or something like that on the season. Mm-hmm. A great game by um, Pavelski. Um, that was like a shorthanded breakaway. He kind of had another. Was the first one he had shorthanded as well? My, my no, there's only one shorthanded vague. goal. Uh, not shorthanded, like a partial breakaway, is what I meant. I don't remember. It, I don't remember exactly, but he... I could look, but it might take some time and it might not be worth it. Yeah, he... It's just a good good game by the Sharks. I think they had pretty... Oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't a breakaway. It was on a two-on-one. Okay. The, the Stars player oh, gave right. him too much room. Yeah. And, like, left and he the... did a little fake move and didn't pass and just shot. Yeah, yeah, he, like... The Stars player just left him too much room open the middle, and he saw that and then shifted his shooting angle instead of kind of out to wide. He took, like... 
he he just turned his skates. He didn't actually take a stride, but it was like a yeah. stride, stride and a half inward, and then he had a better. I angle. remember that he like he did something with his skating to kind of throw off the defender a little bit. But yeah, he was... he earned himself a better angle. It was a really weird play by Dallas. I was like, that was a stupid thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So but... were... Dallas was really bad that game. Um... <laughs> yeah, that game. Yeah, that this game. Is... This and is then a they great decided game. to tighten up on defense the yeah. <laughs> next time we played. Them. I mean, honestly, they're, it, it was a terrible defensive showing for them. Yeah, The Sharks came out. They got the first goal. Dallas scored next. And then the Sharks scored four in a row after that. Like, Sharks looked good. Everyone was playing well. The power play even looked good. And then it just, like... Yeah, the Sharks dominated, and then it was just due from Dallas's like overall bad defensive play. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also got to see uh, former Sharks goaltender Antiniemi come in in relief of Kari Lehtinen after he gave up three goals. Yeah, after they tried to pull Lehtinen, and then like they couldn't find the Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they're like, oh, we should find him. And he's like, oh, hey, guys, I'm over here. <laughs> behind the net yeah. yeah so uh that was uh it was a fun was, game to watch I was, it was I a was, fun game to watch it was nice to see the sharks get to f- another five goal game dominate yeah. a little bit um and just kind of really take advantage of a of a pretty bad team yeah so and then the we next did the game, same thing against buffalo yeah even maybe even worse <laughs> i mean measure i don't know if they're measurably worse than than dallas but uh, it's hard to that. say. And we gave up the first goal in this game. Jack Eichel got a, a goal oh early gosh. in the game. Sharks just took over from there. Though. Dallas is technically worse than, than Buffalo. Yeah, I'm but not surprised. I think maybe this season Buffalo's better. I think in context of seasons in a row, I think Buffalo is worse. Dude, it doesn't even matter. It They're... doesn't matter at all. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're right. Um, yeah. The Sabers, I think people had more hope that they would be better at this point, and Dallas was definitely expected to be better. But at this point, it's like some some things didn't go right. They're they're not the teams that people thought they would be. So yeah, Buffalo have Eichel, and if they didn't have Eichel, it'd be a very different picture for them. So this is the second straight game where. Uh, Pavelski got two goals and kind mm-hmm. of as a result he was named the NHL player of the week yeah. um, for that week. Michael Haley got a, a a goal, his second goal of the season and it was the game winning goal. Yeah, that was like the funniest thing. Right. Because Eichel was all playing it like nonchalantly just like, oh, like I'll just do this like little move in a dangerous area really close to my net and then Haley was just like, I'm just gonna try really hard and try to disrupt you and he like barely got his like stick on yeah. it and then it just went between the legs and that was hilarious it's pretty much like an own goal <laughs> yeah it was yeah it was an own yeah. goal so uh that was good uh one thing i just want to say it's like i'm really glad that marlo's kind of had a resurgence season somewhat mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's not like his numbers are like super amazing but at this point he has 25 goals um and he not as many assists, but he's definitely been a solid contributor to the team. Better than last year and the season before. So, man, he still skates so well. 
Mm-hmm. I remember watching him. He's still like, one of the faster players on the team. Yeah. When Which he is ridiculous. Dallas, that next night, or the next time they played Dallas from where we lost 1-0. Yeah. Or, no, I'm thinking of the... I'm thinking of some game, but, man, he just... Actually, a lot of games. You just see Marlowe, and he just wheels, you know? He goes. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty crazy, because that's the... Uh, that's, like, the first thing to go. Yeah. When you and get older. And it's interesting, because I've also noticed that he... I think a lot of it has been said about Marlowe kind of not being kind of invisible at times. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been noticing Marlowe consistently throughout the season this year with his speed. And I think it's been very apparent because of his age and he still has the speed, but also I think he's been like bringing it a lot this year. So I'm glad that he is playing the way he's playing and, and continues to contribute. Yeah, Obviously, dude, he had two goals last night in the loss to Minnesota. So he's at twenty-five goals. So yeah, that's the he has two seasons where he had nineteen goals, and if you count those, man, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen seasons, including this season where he's hit at least twenty goals. If we, if you, if we if give you, him yeah. an extra on those two nineteen, so okay, if you say nineteen, like what's the yeah. difference between nineteen and twenty? It's like obviously the the twenty goal scorer is like a kind of like a um, a category, yeah. And then same with like the ten goal scorer is kind of like a category. So it's like you can fudge a little bit. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't include those, it's like thirteen seasons, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's great that he is. A lot of people, he's making the, the decision hard for the Sharks to have to choose one of Jumbo or, or Patty. And I just hope that somehow he'll work it out that he can stay a Shark. Um, that would be great. I think they yeah. really are kind of seeing the need for veteran scoring. Like I, I honestly don't know what this stroke. team is going to do um, in the era where... Yeah. Thornton and Marlowe are not present. They're such yeah. foundational pieces to, to how our roster operates. Yeah, and we've been filling it. Like, the people who we have, like, who are younger and maybe will fill in for that, like, are kind of still unknown, right? Like like a Donskoy or, like, Melker is kind of a little bit more figured out where he is now as far as his potential. But, like, Donskoy last year, you know, it was like, oh, wow, he's going to be you know, he's going to fill that role. He's going to be top six forward, scores a lot, like good, great winger. And, uh, like this season has been completely different. And last season was only his first year in North America. So it's like, well, maybe, you know, what were we, what is he going to be long-term as his yeah. career continues to pan out? So I, I think hope, I hope a lot of the depth him. has, sorry, what? I think we're going to just group these next four games together yeah. and continue to talk about the same subject, but we'll remember your comment. But so Buffalo, we win four one. It's basically the same type of drubbing. It was against um, Dallas. It was a great game for us. Just continue to put them on consistent scoring throughout the game. And, uh, and then we played Bluis, and we just, we, we pulled Bluis. We played St. Louis and then just got, uh, we just, we got the bluest. <laughs> we played the bluest. Yeah. I like that. 
Yeah, we got we got owned. And it was rough. Like we didn't play well. And then St. Louis won four one. They scored first, we scored after that, and then they scored three in a row. And the thing is, like, because our defense is so good and has remained to be good, has been remaining good even throughout this losing streak, it's like we were in this game in terms of the score um, up until, like, midway through the third period, and then they got a power play goal and made it 3-1, yeah. and the last one was an empty netter. So, yeah, it, the, that, that hits at the issue, and like I said, our defensive play has still been solid. The issue in this losing streak has been we cannot score a goal. For the life of us. For, yeah, it's just been we, so bad. Yeah, uh, the next game is against the Ducks. Like, This was like a, a game. Um, it kind of felt similar, except for we played better. Yeah, definitely. We just couldn't score. Mm-hmm. And then we played Dallas. We beat Dallas eked out a... 1-0 win against us. Out of like yeah. literally any team in the league, it was Dallas. Who has like, like the worst goaltending and terrible defense. And like and the worst they get defense. a shutout against us. I know. And the thing is, is we held them to one goal, and that team is full of deadly people. Mm-hmm. We should have a caveat for this game. Apparently the ice was like absolutely dreadful, and like no one could it was do anything. So this, this game was so frustrating to watch, because it was just garbage hockey. Yeah, and it, it like it felt like garbage hockey from the Sharks because we couldn't score and really put anything together. But then neither could the other team, and it was just clearly the ice was like making them affect their play. Especially in the first play. period because I felt like the the Sharks were going going for it, but they couldn't really do what they like to do. Yeah, and the even the Stars like both ways like that first period was so chaotic and hectic. The puck was bouncing around everywhere. Kind of more of the same. There was not any really controlled... There was not much controlled play in this game. I think the Sharks kind of picked, settled things down a little bit, maybe towards the end of the second, a bit in the third, uh, as they were somewhat desperate to try and get a goal, t- try and tie yeah. it. But really, they, they couldn't have. get anything going. They they couldn't adapt their play to, to score, to simplify things. They were taking extra passes sometimes. They weren't shooting when they should have shot. And they're going for extra passes that just weren't connecting, whether it was because of the ice or they were off on execution. Um, yeah. I was frustrated. Yeah, it was a frustrating game. I think it was kind of hard. I feel like out of both of those teams, obviously I don't watch Dallas play that often, but I really feel like the Sharks really suffer- suffered from the poor ice surface just with our really heavy cycle game, high yeah. and low. Like the high stretch pass that we have when we're down low in the zone around the boards. Uh, that's where ice is going to be like really bad. And I just feel like we have more touches. Like quick quick touches, quick small passes in the area. Um, and those longer stretch passes around the rim. And I really think the way our play style is, uh, an ice surface like that really hampers us a lot. Whereas teams who maybe just skated everywhere, like a Toronto where they're like very much just like skate everything off the rush and like do deeks and moves which is so interesting to watch yeah uh maybe they wouldn't have been as affected but so be it well um let's send it over the the anaheim game was more of an issue of execution when there was chances and and um i guess we can move on to the wild game and we can talk more about big picture stuff but the Sharks lost three to two. Um, there was kind of a flurry 
of goals within about a minute and a half where each goal got each team got two goals kicked off by uh, the Sharks scoring uh, the Wild getting two goals and Sharks scoring again but before that happened the Wild were already up by one goal so that was mm-hmm. the difference the power play goal in the first period which resulted in um, the Wild eventually holding on to that lead after that four goal onslaught and winning 3-2 so um, again, the Sharks didn't have enough to score. Uh, again, very frustrating, especially. Yeah. I mean, even given the, the fact second they lost three previously. The the second goal. Um. So Marlowe had both goals. Eventually, they gave the first goal to Marlowe. Um, but his second goal was that. Um, steal from. Dubnik. And, like, even that, it, it was, like, thanks for scoring, but, like, that doesn't feel like you are getting rid of your scoring drought, you know? Yeah. So that's that's what really hurt. And, uh, yeah, and as this Minnesota plays a really grindy game, every time we play them, it's kind of like this. And we've clearly been able to score against them before. Other games we've played them have been a little bit more high, higher scoring. Um, yeah, it was frustrating. And the whole thing, like, these past, like, the Ducks, Dallas, and Minnesota, like, all of those games, like, the Sharks were playing, like, excellent defense, and the goals did not come off of, like, defensive lapses mm-hmm. or, like, defensive mistakes off the rush or something like that. It was, like, they did, in a sense, but not not in a way that, like, caused us to lose. Like, they didn't happen. They were minimized, as they have been. But just the fact that the Sharks haven't been able to score anything just yeah. made them so much more potent. Which so is, the Sharks have scored a total of four goals in the yeah. last um, four games. So yeah, in all those losses, which is one goal per game average for that, that span. That's, that's really you bad. Can't, you can't win with that. And the yeah. thing is, is, the two games before those, we scored nine in nine two. Nine in two, yeah. But then that was against Dallas and Buffalo. So it's just like, well, you know, that's why. I, I understand that these games, in isol- if they were to occur in isolation, these games happen. You play a solid defensive effort, and you sometimes you can't score. Your execution's off a little bit, or you can't, you can't get that finishing touch. Um, the goaltender's having a really good game, things like that. But for four games like this to happen in a row and they can't figure things out, it, it's it's a problem, and I think I've noticed that lately the Sharks just haven't seemed dangerous, you know, and that's really evident in the power play and how you see how the power play operate, operates. They, I think you told me that the way it looks is they just kind of keep things to the periphery and they get shut down. There isn't enough play in the middle. They're not opening things up, getting things moving, and spreading out the other team. It's just staying stagnant, you know, and yeah. that that's. I think that's also been somewhat evident in five on five and whatever it is, whether it's finishing, getting things set up, making the right passes, like they need to be better and they need to, they need to turn things around. I think one of the hardest things about this whole losing streak in the last few games is that Burns has had a a drought too. And how, how pivotal is he to our, our team and how our offense um, functions and, you know, I really want him to 
to win the Norris and and get back to his scoring ways. And I know he wants to he, too. He's been he's been going for it lately. And whether it's shooting into blocks, goaltender's getting a good save. He's not getting through those lanes as well. It's, it's been frustrating and frustrating for the team as a whole with their inability to score. So what do you what do you think about all that? Yeah, uh, you kind of mentioned how I think they're playing on their uh, peripheral areas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty frustrating. The The Sharks, like, go-to shot is um, enter in the zone, bring it deep, cycle low, and then rim it back high so you get movement not only left and right, but then movement... Uh, up and down so you are getting like the defensive players moving across and then up so that it's like multi-dimensional movement that they have to track which then opens up spaces mm-hmm. and then they get a shot from the point and burns like his shot count hasn't really been dropping or anything like that that we've noticeably seen maybe it has a little bit if you look at the detailed stats but we we haven't seen any of that and broadcasters haven't said any of that and any, nothing on Twitter like that either. So um, it's like, we're playing the same way. It's just not working. And I feel like, and this is backed up by what I was seeing in some of the games. It, it just seems like the sharks are getting that. They're just anticipating how they play, rimming it around. And then the defensemen are playing well. And so they rim it around from behind the net all the way back to the point and they have someone screening the goalie which is great but the the person screening the goalie is facing the shot and not facing the goalie as they should mm-hmm. but then they don't have someone down low nearby to like collect to get the cleanup stuff right to, yeah to get the dirty rebounds like that because ultimately what they're doing is they're just bringing they're keeping it around the perimeter and then placing the puck in front of the goal mm-hmm Right, it's going to either get blocked in front of the goal nearby. It's going to come off the goalie nearby. We're either going to get a face off, or it's going to go in. Right. So yeah. by keeping it around the perimeter, it's just a higher percentage of being able to give it to the defenseman, who is a higher percentage of being able to like put it into the area, and just kind of place it there. Right, like shooting off the of sticks and stuff like that. But there's never that person who is a little bit off of the crease, facing the goalie on the side where the rebound will come from. Like if Burns is shooting from the right point, it's really good because we generally will rim it around on the left side behind the net. So then people have to move from left to right and then up from down to up. So they get like that multi-dimensional movement, which is great. But then it just seems like that player doesn't really fill in into a dangerous area to get those yeah. cleanup points. And I think because. That... Yeah, because like if Burns is shooting from the right side, it's gonna a lot of the times it's gonna deflect off of to the left side, right? It's gonna make a bounce to the other side. And it doesn't really seem like anyone is in that area outside of the person screening the goalie, at least close enough to like be able to clean those stuff up. And given our playstyle where almost everything comes from defenseman generated stuff, it just really hurts. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that leads to a lot of one and done type type situations based on based on what you're saying. I think that's really accurate. And I think it hurts it hurts for me on a deeper level some way because part of that system and when it's not working successfully, like it has 
not been working success successfully lately. With defensemen shooting from the point, a lot of times it's burns, but it could be other D-men uh, shooting towards the net. Like A lot of times when teams are countering us well, they'll block those shots and they'll get in those shooting lanes. And one, it's boring because it's like uh, you went for it and then it just gets blocked and then it often leads to a turnover. And the reason I said it hurts on a deeper level is because if you think about the Scan the Cup final last year, how many times did Pittsburgh play their their defensemen and their forwards up high when we were in the offensive zone and get so many blocked shots? Um, and it, it's just bothersome when we still run into that, that problem. Um, and it, it's frustrating when other teams counter it well, where they play the man really aggressively, and they kind of limit us, and they... We're trying to shoot from the point, but we're shooting into blocks. There's those one-and-done chances because there isn't players releasing, going to the front of the net. Um, it's annoying, too. And, and and to add to that, like, on an earlier level, when before it gets to the point, sometimes it doesn't even get to that point because there's those battles along the boards um, as we send it down to, to get the cycle going. And teams will play really, really up on the Sharks, playing the man, and they'll... They'll do double teams, triple teams sometimes to counter that, and then we give up a turnover. I mean, I think the Sharks and their personnel are really good at puck possession. Thornton, Hurdle, um, even oh, Marlow, I think he's been doing better this season of holding onto the puck along the boards. But if they give it up, that's like a turnover. And then I just, I just wish that I would see them kind of change things up a little bit and should get some more releasing towards the center of the ice by players, skating in the zone more instead of dumping it in. So I'm going to jump yeah. in. Like, I hear what you're saying, and it can be frustrating. But what I think I, I, I see in soccer, like international soccer, like if you watch any of like the big European leagues or like the Premier League in England, like the game to game tactics and like style of play, like changes like measurably. So over an 82 course game schedule, 82 game schedule for the Sharks, like obviously they'll, they'll make notes and talk about like how you would play against Washington's power play or the Tampa Bay power play where Stamkos or Ovechkin is going to be like standing on one side wing for the timer, one timer all the time. Like you'll see that, but I think the game to game, like game style tactic changes, like don't really happen that much. Until we get to the playoffs, then like you get a consistent opponent and there's more uh, like coaching gameplay, mm-hmm. like coach versus coaches play. And the thing that you're saying is like it's all good that the Sharks keep things on perimeter and they suck people to the perimeter. Like when you said uh, Pittsburgh, like what did they do? They they were keeping their defensemen uh, wingers high, blocking our defensemen from yeah. getting shots from the point. And they put fast wingers there, right? So that if they got a shot off, they could get a, a breakaway or a two-on-one on the mm-hmm. way back. Great. Okay, so if the winger's playing high, that means the space where they are occupying is open. Right. So instead of someone being on the boards waiting for the puck or being too far down low, the Sharks need to react to that and then Definitely. fill in that ice behind them. So instead of taking a shot, they can do like a chip off the boards to that player. Or instead of going for a shot, they can pass that player. And then there's an open lane or an open shot or a closer shot, which is definitely more dangerous. And so, and the same thing around the boards where they get a double triple team on the, on the boards against the player, like 
oftentimes you'll see a Sharks player just step out into the middle, like directly off of the boards, like waiting for the puck. Because it's going to pop off somehow, right? And if it pops off, then you can get a shot. And that's basically exactly exactly what Matt Dumba did uh, against the Wild. Like, he was a board, board battle on the power play. And there was, like, a little touch pass to one of the Sharks players that didn't work out or flopped or something like that. And then Dumba was kind of, like, off the boards waiting for it and just picked it up and immediately took two, two three strides and shot it near side. And it was a really quick play and cause, because there was an over over team and a high concentration of players in one area and then he filled into a area where there wasn't as many people. So it worked well and I think that the thing isn't necessarily that the Sharks are one-dimensional in how they play. It's that when people are reacting to their style, they're not in this current slump, they're not They're doing not adapting. Well. Yeah, and like the movement... To that. Yeah, the, like the reactive movement to see where the players are going, I don't feel like that's been there as much. Right. I think that's an excellent point. And kind of mm-hmm. like with the last point I made, like that's that's what I would want to see more. Like, and, and you're right. I think, you know, they're they're trying to do that, but they haven't been effective lately. You know, like yeah, they've been they've been stuck along the periphery and stuck there, and they can't really get things going. And they haven't been winning those races and those battles very much. Um, I'd want to see better flow, like where where they do take advantage, where they do react well, and they make things happen. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's really hard if you think about it. Like the way the game of hockey is played, like the difference between success and and how a team is able to adapt to those another team's counter strategy and, and take advantage of it. Those things can be the difference between how, how your team looks like if they're dominating or if they're being suppressed and those nuances can, as cliche as they sound, those nuances do come down to how well they're skating. Like, are they winning races? Are they winning battles? Um, because that gives you the extra edge to, to make those things that you're trying to do to counter the other team effective and yeah. to, to make them pay. Right. Yeah. And that's um, why and you I, hear the coaches say like, you know, we really need to get back to the basics or like really need to work on the basics Yeah, because the basics is what allow you to succeed well in your more advanced strategies. And when you execute your more advanced strategies well, but you give up on the basis, you get beat. Yeah. And I think that, part of that losing races and losing battles i think that brings up another point that maybe we should talk about for a couple minutes in that how how tired are the sharks right now because obviously fatigue can play a role into that and they've been on a road trip this is a team that went to the stanley cup final last year and we had the shortest summer us in pittsburgh had the shortest summer um of all 30 teams in the league and we're a western conference team and travel the most out of any other team pretty much so i don't know and there's also that that's physical fatigue but then there's that aspect of that mental fatigue like they're not doing well they're losing they're they're not scoring and so everybody's going for it and maybe trying to force things at times yeah i mean i i hear what you're saying but the entire league is tired we don't have the worst get like minute they're talking about minnesota schedule and it was like they play every other day until like the end of the season 
and that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And like that's not us. And they're also in the Western Conference, you know, and it's not really different for them. And everything I've heard from the Sharks um, reassures me and gives me assurance that like this is not like a systematic issue that's mm-hmm. going on. It's just like a temporary lapse in something. But just the fact that the Sharks' defense is like still super solid, and that's like our mainstay is like yeah, super good five on five play. Gives me hope that we'll eventually figure out the scoring woes and people get back on the scoring sheet, and that will that really help drive things. Um, but I'm not I'm not like super concerned like the Sharks have been saying. They're like, yeah, DeBoer was saying that he wasn't overly concerned with the losing streak, and some of the players, I think Pavelski was interviewed and said he wasn't really overly concerned. Um, cause they're still getting their chances. Things just aren't really going through for them. The yeah. shot, shot counts are still high. Um, defensive game is still there. Things just aren't necessarily clicking like a hundred percent. Um, definitely. And, and what I meant by the fatigue was like, I'm not saying that other teams don't experiencing it, but I feel like it may be we're older. affecting their, their execution somewhat. And, and yeah. all, all what we just talked about kind of like the, Sharks tactics and strategies and how it's not really working. I'm not saying, I think you may bring a good point that like there's not any major systemic concerns because their defense is still solid and they are getting chances. But I guess I'm speaking more to the, are they looking really dangerous right now? Mm -hmm. And again, I think that's really the most evident in the power play. And if there is anything systemic to be worried about, I think it's that. Yeah, well, that's been the thing the whole season. Yeah. Dude, whoever's in charge of the power play is going to get fired, or should be fired. Isn't it Steve's spot? <laughs> Probably. But he but really, be, I mean, like, this is the same... This is exactly. It's same the same power exact... play as last season, and we were awesome, right? And it's so bad. It's I don't so understand. Bad. <laughs> yeah, either, either the coach is good and the players have stopped listening to him, or something else, but like, I mean, you cannot have a consistently that terrible power play with the quality of players on our team and then not something change for next season. Yeah. So I've always thought that the penalty kill was more important than the power play because you control when you go in the penalty kill. You're at the other team's will when you get the power play. So I am happy that our power, our penalty kill like doesn't suck. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, if, that was, one... if the penalty kill was the issue, that would be a huge concern for me. Whereas power play, like even going to the playoffs, power plays over the playoffs really suffer as well. So I don't and... like it, but it could be worse. Yeah. Maybe one last point um, before we wrap things up. But Kevin Kurz had an article talking about um, the depth players not really getting it done. And, and based on kind of what we were talking about earlier in the podcast, how uh, we were, you mentioned Donskoy, and I, I've thought about Donskoy and Tierney, Carlson, Hurdle. I mean, these are guys that have chipped in, what, like 5 to 12 goals each maybe throughout the season. But really, you you know that these players add depth and kind of carrying play, and they're really good. But you would have hoped at this point in the season that the production from these depth players would have been a little bit better. And I think that's something that's also been a little bit disappointing. Um and and part of that whole issue with not scoring through this losing streak, but other times that the Sharks have kind of been off throughout the season, there's been issues with scoring as well. Uh, even during those other times, it wasn't really an issue with defense. I think our defense has been great all season. 
um, it was whenever we've had gone through a rough stretch, it's because we're not scoring. And yeah, I think the performance of the depth players has depth players has been a part of that. So what do you think? Yeah, uh, we can end with this. And I, I agree. The players who we have like are kind of the players that we've have to bolster our scoring. Like originally Carlson came in and he had a good year, his first year and kind of last year kind of became known. Okay. He's more of like a fourth line grinder, third line grinder who has some potential to get some scoring done. Scored like 10, 13 goals, 10 goals, nine goals this season. Um, all playing around about the same amount of games, 50 to 60 games. Um, He's a, yeah, so like, he's kind of slot in where he was. Originally, it may have felt like he may have been a little bit better than he was, but he's not. Chris Tierney, like, he's he's a very good penalty killer and very important, but he's not where our scoring is going to come from. But, I mean, I would have, I think Tierney in particular, I would have hoped for him to yeah. continue to make strides, because I think I see in his game, like, good potential. Yeah, the thing, the thing with Tierney is he's never scored more than seven goals in his career. And, uh... He's six, seven, and seven, around twenty points every year. But the thing is, he's only twenty-two, right? Like mm-hmm. he definitely has a high potential. He was a second-round, fifty-fifth overall pick, and like he's he's got some potential. And obviously, just because he's a second-round pick doesn't mean he's going to like pan out. But like if we're if Chris Tierney is like one of our better people on depth, we're really counting on scoring. Like he's too young to really for him to for us to really be counting on that. It's good when he breaks out and we expect him of it, but we can't count on him for that yet. Yeah. Like, Hurdle being out for so long really affected everything. Um, You know, he's about, like, last year was his best number of goals. He had 21, 21 goals last season for 46 points. Still interesting to see where he's going to slot in. Is he going to be, like, the super high ceiling that we thought he was? Um, I think so. But it's just been really rough with all this um, knee injuries, knee injury stuff really blowing, blowing him out and kind of setting his development back. Like I, th- I think if Hurdle was there the whole season, things would look a little bit different. And then you have like Marcus Sorensen, who you know he's been with AHL for the whole time and he's been looking good, but not really scoring. Yeah, and he's only what played like ten games so far or something like that. Yeah, you know, but he but he's been a pro for a little while in, yeah. in Sweden. So and then you have Yannick Hansen, you know. He's sitting on, um, he's sitting on six goals for the year for Vancouver, but he he missed. He only had twenty eight games played for Vancouver, so um, he had a couple injuries, and you know he like, hasn't really scored yet. Yeah, I like what he's brought, though. I mean, he's injured now, yeah. so. But that one sucks. that the one that has really affected us has been Joel Ward. Uh, he's at eight goals in just about the same amount of games played last year. He had twenty one, and nineteen and twenty four the years before that. So that's been a big blow to us. And then Bodker sitting at sitting at nine goals. But the thing with Bodker is like the previous seasons, he didn't he's never scored more than nineteen goals. And that was like five years ago. And I don't really expect him to Five years ago. I thought he scored like fifty oh. something points last season. No, it's no. I think it was last season was his highest scoring season. Oh, maybe combined. Oh, yeah, he is traded, so it looks different. Yeah, last season he had 51. So he's like, Points, yeah. yeah, he's like around a 20 goal scorer, and, you know, he's at sitting at nine right now. So 
Joel Ward and, and Bodker are really affecting things because whenever people on your line are scoring, like on that on that third line, second line with Bodker, if Bodker's scoring, then if Couture goes into a slump, you know, that line is still scoring. You know, if if Ward is scoring at a higher rate and Hurdle is scoring at a higher rate, you know, that Tierney or the Carlson or the Sorensen or the AHL call-up outside of him, like, they're going to be doing well. So when our main depth guys to really count on, like Ward and, and Bodker, aren't scoring and Hurdle to a bit as well, uh, that, like, really hampers everything. Definitely. Because then when Burns goes through his goal streak, goalless streak, that, like, those are the players we count on because different play people score at different rates at different times. As long as there's someone scoring, it's okay. Yeah. So and nobody's scoring now. And nobody's <laughs> scoring now because, you know, for whatever reasons, we think what we've discussed, but a big, big deal is that we're also not just getting those random goals from depth guys every once in a while. We are, but it's too rare. I think Ward, fortunately, I mean, before this was losing streak, he was picking it up in the last 20 or so games. So hopefully he'll be kind of ready for the playoffs. Bodker, I mean, he's become more noticeable throughout, but. He's playing yeah, well. He's just not the scoring. Yeah, as far as the whole season goes, like you would have wanted more out of what. Yeah. Out of what he's supposed to have brought to the team. Anyway, let's let's move. Let's end this podcast hoping for better things as the Sharks play mm-hmm. Nashville in a couple days um, and then go back to Dallas where they can hopefully unleash a whooping um, and actually get eight goals against Dallas like they yeah. should against yeah. Dallas and not get shut out by Dallas <laughs> again. So Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, uh, we kept it to about 50 minutes this time. That's, that's a major progress. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this episode um, and actually had time to listen to it this time. So thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Migs. once again. I'm Ian, and go Sharks. Go Sharks. We'll catch you guys next time. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcast platform you prefer, or you can listen online at www.backtothepointpodcast.com. Do you have any questions for us? Want to suggest a topic for us to discuss in the air? Tweet us at underscore back to the point or email us at back to the point at yahoo.com. The views and content included in this podcast are our own and it is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League in any capacity.